Welcome to Nordea Markets podcast channel where we bring you insights, updates and comments on markets news, both from a local and global perspective. My name is Karina Larsen and with me today I have our chief analyst Anders Svensson. Welcome Anders. Thank you. Today we're going to talk about emerging markets, currencies, markets triggers in general, upcoming triggers and elections and stuff as we move towards year end. So emerging markets currencies, several of them have performed quite well in the last couple of weeks. Why is that? I think it's mostly because uh, the the expectations for, for the Fed have been uh, been moved out in the future. Uh, previously, everybody expected the Fed to hike rates pretty soon and uh, even in, in September. And now it, uh, the markets are pricing the Fed to, to hike sometime uh, next year. Is this the big turnaround, you think? For emerging market currencies, I... I think it's a bit too too early to be honest. Uh, previously, we said that there were three conditions to uh, to be met to to get this really big uh, trend shift in in EMFX. Uh, one would be some stabilization in China, one would be uh, stabilization in commodity prices, and the other would be or the third would be the um, the Fed the first Fed hike uh, getting getting out of the way. And you could argue that uh, that China uh, is still not uh, completely stabilized. Maybe China is not moving the markets uh, every day uh, like it was the case earlier this summer. But we still haven't seen uh, much good news from uh, from China. But oil prices have have moved up quite dramatically in the last uh, last two three weeks, and I think that is really what has has uh, benefited the uh, the commodity currencies within uh, EM uh, FX space. And then the last one, uh, the Fed. I still think that we need to see uh, the Fed hike the first time and get that out of the way for EMFX to to really uh, start uh, performing. So given that we, we still have this December uh, forecast for, for the first Fed hike, I also think that we'll see a risk off in the coming month. And I think uh, we will see EMFX perform, uh, perform pretty badly across the board. And that's also what we reflect in, in our forecasts. More, more or less bearish on, on all EMFX for, for the next uh, three months. You mentioned China. Uh, don't you think that the, the risk of much lower growth that everybody seems to fear? Yeah, of course, uh, there's there's clearly a, a risk. Uh, the numbers are, are pretty bad, uh, as I said, but we basically think that the risk is, is bigger, a bit further out on, on the horizon. Um, at the moment, it seems that the Chinese authorities are doing uh, whatever it takes to stabilize the economy. They have uh, done so for, for most of the year, cutting uh, interest rates, cutting reserve requirement rates, also now uh, with the exchange rate uh, regime uh, change. Uh, and I think more will come. Uh, they will just continue to uh, to um, to ease monetary policy, fiscal policy, exchange rate policy, whatever, until they have managed to stabilize uh, the economy. And I think there are some signs that they are succeeding, especially from, from the housing market. If you look at the housing market statistics, then you can see now that the prices in the big cities have started to, to increase. And that's usually a sign that also prices in, in lower tier uh, cities will, will start increasing. Activity is also uh, coming around uh, quite nicely. So I think we'll see better numbers out of China in, in the next few months. The thing is, of course, that all the, the easing that they are doing now uh, might come back to, to haunt them later on. Because what they are doing is actually going against all the reforms that they have done over the past few years. Now they're adding uh, to the credit bubble again, they are adding to the housing uh, market bubble. And that means that once they've stabilized the economy, they will have 
a big problem once again. And that is maybe the real risk of, of a severe um, slowdown in, in China, that they will have to start all over again on, on the reforms. So why do you think they do that? Is this to please markets, investors or...? No, I honestly believe it's it's the Chinese way, uh, stability and uh, taking things uh, one one step at a time. And uh, I think it was quite ambitious reform agenda that that they laid out. And and maybe the the learning was that it was a bit too fast. At least the economy has slowed uh, too too much for them to to really like it. So now they are taking one step back. And the question is really whether it's it's enough with one step or whether they have to go all the way back to start. Uh, and whether the the bubbles that they are building as a consequence will be even bigger than than w- what they were before. Could that bubble spread like to the rest of the world? Yeah, I think that's what we've seen over over the summer. That uh, basically uh, the the fear that China would really um, slow down has uh, mostly affected the markets and and the risk sentiment. But maybe there's some of the numbers like the German. Uh, industrial orders uh, this week and maybe also some of the uh, American um, orders data that have showed that maybe China is important uh, to to some extent. But I, I still think it's important to note that, that China is fairly low in the global value chain. It's still predominantly the world's factory. And even if we take Chinese prices up to American levels, consumption is still only one-tenth of, of consumption in, in the U.S. So the U.S. economy is much more important for 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 the world than, than China is. Right. Coming back to to the Fed, uh, Nordea's official view is still a December hike. Which currencies will perform worse in that scenario? You think? First of all, I think it's a scenario where more or less all EM currencies uh, perform uh, badly. Um, I think uh, the real, the Brazilian real, and the Turkish lira—that's uh, two of the currencies that have done worst. Uh, so far this year, where it's not only about uh, commodity prices, but also about um, domestic issues. In, in Brazil, it's it's really a, a confidence issue. Consumer confidence, business confidence is, is almost uh, non-existent. And uh, the trust in politicians, and especially the president, is more or less non-existent. And that makes it really, really difficult to make any kind of reforms or to, to do anything to to stabilize the economy. So that is uh, that's definitely one uh, currency that will perform badly in a risk off scenario. Turkish lira, I think it's also a, a question about domestic politics. We have elections coming up here 1st of, of November and uh, basically the government taking on the PKK and uh, um, also to some extent taking on uh, the, the IS. Um, so a lot of internal political problems and also uh, problems in, in the neighborhood. Uh, so th- those two currencies, and then it, it's really a question whether oil prices will, will fall back again. If, uh, if the reason for the reason recovery in, in oil prices is more related to Fed being priced out, then I would also assume that once we get markets to reprice the Fed and to reprice the December hike, then we'll see commodity prices uh, fall again. And then we'll also have the, the ruble included in, in the worst performers. The ruble has really been strongly correlated with with oil prices. And if oil prices fall back, then we'll see a renewed weakening of, of the dollar ruble. I think there's one big this time is different uh, for 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 EMFX and uh, Fed hikes. Uh, now compared to say in the 90s uh, ahead of the Asian crisis, more emerging uh, economies have uh, flexible exchange rates. Uh, 
And I think that's a very, very important uh, difference. And I think it means that when we see a big external shock, like we've seen with the oil price drop and what we might see with the Fed starting to hike rates, then FX reacts much more. It acts as a shock absorber. So the real economy is less uh, affected, but the, the currency is really uh, affected a lot. That's, of course, a, a good thing uh, for the economy and, and of course, uh, for, for everything except for, for the FX. So I, I really think that we are going to see much more uh, dramatic uh, weakening of, uh, of EM currencies when we see these uh, big uh, big shocks like, like this oil price drop last year, but also potentially when the Fed uh, starts turning, turning more hawkish. So it seems like Q4 is going to be quite interesting. A lot of things could happen. What will you keep an especially close eye on in the coming months? Yeah, mostly the elections. I, I think uh, given that we uh, that we have a, a negative risk sentiment in our uh, in our forecast, and, and believe that is that is most likely than uh, than the elections in Poland uh, and also in Turkey uh, over the next month will be uh, extremely important. Uh, apart from 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 Turkey, I already mentioned the, the the internal political split, and I think the risk is really that we might get an election that is identical to the election in June, and and what then? I mean, they were not able to to form a government with the parliament that that the people elected in in June, and if they elect the same, I mean, which uh, government will will they have then? I mean, they cannot just continue to calling uh, continue calling new elections. So I think that's that's really a big uh, a big risk, and it's really a risk to see what uh, what the uh, the current president will do if uh, if the election result is more or less uh, more or less the same. Another one is is Poland, as I, I mentioned. Uh, it's very clear that we'll get a new a new government, and the thing is that the new government needs some uh, needs some money to finance uh, some of the pre-election uh, promises. And it seems that one of the key candidates for for getting in that uh, that money is is the banks. So either we'll get some kind of bank tax, like in in Hungary, maybe some financial transaction tax um, on top of that. And I think that that could be something that uh, that the markets will will want to see um, and be uh, be a bit cautious on uh, until we see what they actually have have in store. Of course, the Swiss franc uh, forced the Swiss franc mortgage conversion uh, could be another potential theme, but it seems that it, it's fairly um, fairly less likely now that they will actually end up end up doing that. Right. So, if I like a private investor, just a regular investor would that sort of give people a lot of opportunities to invest their money like does it increase risk appetite or in, in general i think uh, we'll have the next few months with with huge uncertainty uh, uncertainty like we've seen over the last uh, three six months with uh, much more volatility than uh, than trend so i think it's a really difficult uh, environment to 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 be a private investor and uh, Again, if we're talking about emerging markets effects, then I think the, the the trend, if any, will be towards weakening currencies for for the next three months, and then at some point when we probably see the three conditions being met, the three conditions that I mentioned: stable oil prices, energy prices, stability in China, and and getting the first Fed hike out of the way, 
then of course there will be opportunities because emerging market currencies are hugely undervalued uh, at, at today's level. But I, I think it's too too early, and I think uh, uncertainty is is a bit too uh, too high in in the near term. Great, thank you very much, Anas. You're most welcome.